0: I definitely have learned a lot over the course of writing, try to write this book. And I think my process resembles the cartoon character who's like ready to build a house. And um, and maybe it's like goofy or something. And goofy takes the nail and takes the hammer. (laughs) Oh, really? Swings the hammer and he hits his thumb and then he swings the hammer and then he hits the the index finger. And then he goes through and hits every single one of his fingers. And he doesn't, He's not able to hit the, the nail until he hits all five of the fingers. Interesting. So I, I feel like that's sort of.
1: I like it. Yeah. Just, just right. And I that's like how that. you learn.
0: Yeah. I, I, I have to find all, all the, all the <laughs> wrong ways to do something before I settle on the right way.
2: Welcome to the Lifelines Podcast, brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. I'm Marina Aris. And I'm Diane Fenner. And we're your hosts. This is the podcast for book creators, book lovers, and literary ambassadors.
1: Join us each week as we explore the writing life, the art, and the business of creating great books.
2: Today we have Max Lebo, a published writer, podcaster, and amateur chef. He's written a novel for young adults and is in the process of pitching it, and he's also working on short fiction. Max, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: So some of the things we wanted to talk to you about is, um, some of the writing that you do, obviously, uh, the fact that you are now working on short stories and you've already completed a young adult novel and how those things are obviously different endeavors. Um, so if we can talk a little bit about, um, why don't we start with your, with the book that you finished, tell us a bit about the motivation for that book and how it went for you.
0: Yeah. Um, So the book kind of grew out of a a short story that I had written very quickly. Um, It was about a, a magical strawberry plant that grows very, very quickly and a group of friends who kind of scramble to keep up with this fast growing plant. And I thought that originally that this would be like one of many stories that ended up in a novel. And then I realized very quickly uh, if you start writing things into scenes, uh, things get much longer, much quicker. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, um, that's what I, that's what I ended up with, uh, kind of a more in-depth version with more character development of the original story.
2: And and when did you start writing the story?
0: Uh, the story I wrote like in 2012.
2: Oh, really? That long ago. Interesting. And okay, so from when you started, when it was a short story to when you figured out that it was something longer, how long did that take?
0: So I didn't I didn't look at it again or really even think about it until like, I think, 2015. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, and I I, as I was sort of like playing around with these characters again, I was like, well, what's going to happen with them? Well, I know there's this strawberry plant. I don't want to start with that. And I just ended up kind of rehashing a lot of the things and going into more detail and.
2: Yeah. And well, Diane and I are lucky to have been able to read some of it because you've worked, you workshopped it with us and. And it's hilarious. Not only is it funny, but uh, I think we're all, the entire group is kind of in love with the characters because there's just, I mean, for most of us, I don't think we were, we are young adult readers, but you've, uh, converted all of us into young adult book readers. So I find it fascinating that a short story could bring to light such a rich, because that's what I think it is. I think a lot of us do. It's such a rich story um, with the characters and the the scenes, as you call them, but what we see as more like, um, what would you call them? Like these escapades, right? These very well, interesting. The thing
1: that gets me about it is that it works on a lot of different levels. Like I think Calling it a young adult book is maybe giving um, the wrong impression. Like, because when I read it, I was very involved. It works on a level for like an older adult. <laughs> yeah, but so does I mean?
2: Harry like... Potter, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. so, you know, exactly. and that's YA.
0: Diane, are you saying you're not a young adult?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an adult at all. <laughs>
0: you're no.
2: but, we all have a young adult in us at this age. What? Well, <laughs> so.
0: I should I should say uh as we're talking about the workshop experience and workshopping this that um it very much grew organically uh with the guidance of Marina and, and Diane and yeah, it, yeah. it would be I think very different if oh, it, yeah, if it yeah. weren't for Oh false all the, Oh false modesty oh uh, poor. Dan, poor Dan. No uh, no I, I, I really think that's I really think it's yeah. true because it was um as they say, uh, I'm a, like a pantser, right? Not oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Not, not, a, not a plotter. Not a plotter. So I think, um, you know, going kind of step by step and not knowing exactly what was going to come next or which characters were going to become more important, um, the the feedback from yeah. the, from the group and from yeah. you guys specifically was really important.
2: No, I'm glad that that... that it- I mean, after two years, because we're celebrating our <laughs> two-year anniversary tonight, even though it was a few days back. Um, so, well, let, you know, you, you said something earlier. First off, you started that story uh, as a short story. And do you remember by any chance, even though it was so far back, how, how short of a short story it was?
0: Yeah, it was probably between – it was probably like 7,000 words. So it was like – it was written – I didn't know how to write anything short stories or long stories so it was written at a breakneck pace uh it, both in terms of how i wrote it and in terms of how the narrative proceeded so it was about like five, if i remember correctly like five to seven thousand yeah. words of just like right speed do you know there's a,
2: i'm asking you that for a very specific reason though because if if tell us the, the words now what how many words has that story oh, evolved geez. to because um, this is interesting think, I wanted to know where it started because where is it now? I mean,
0: well, now, now it's at now it's at ninety thousand words.
2: Ninety thousand words. Wait, I have to repeat that. Ninety
1: thousand words. I know. I'm so jealous of that. I'm jealous of people who say, "Well, it just got longer because I started, you know, thinking of it, and therefore it acts, which is what you said a minute ago, and therefore that it just became longer." Because for me, it's it's hard to crank words out and to sit down and then just sort of have. You know, 80,000, 90,000 words flowing is uh, really something that I envy. But in any event, do you, are you going to leave it at 90,000? Are you going to go back and pare it down? I,
0: I think it could be pared down more. I think everything can be shorter, probably. Uh, yeah.
1: Did you really have no no thought about being a writer? That you just kind of sat down you didn't know how to write? You hadn't prepared yourself to write or been interested in writing? or studied
0: oh yeah no no no, i i don't mean to
1: you mean your skill level wasn't where it is yeah i just
0: didn't i didn't have the same sort of um considerations about what is often done in short stories versus what is often done in novel i didn't really have those instincts i sort of wrote it the way that i would imagine a person would sit down with another person and just sort of tell a story um which is maybe a better way to think about yeah, short yeah. stories? Sure,
2: sure. No, well, I, I think, I think it's you did some really great work, and for me, it's interesting how it evolved, how it grew from a short story to what it is, and 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 to have it actually still be a part of your life so many years later, Oh, right? Yeah. To be where it is now. I mean, so good, good for you to sticking, you know, sticking through it, um, and getting it where it is today.
1: Well, there's a lot more to it than just you know the bit about fast-growing strawberries, right? There's a lot of interplay amongst the characters, and there's a lot to do with um, decisions that people have to make when they are young and looking ahead to how they're going to set up their lives.
0: Yeah, it's it's really the strawberries are mostly a a plot device. It's about the boys, a group of friends who are trying to figure out how they're relationship will will evolve in the next chapter of their lives, which is, uh, you know, applying to colleges. And they're also trying to see what their identities will be in the next chapter as they realize that a lot of their struggling and striving is playing out in parallel to the struggling and striving that is happening in the adult worlds. So as they sort of become, go from young adult to adult, it's sort of realizing that there isn't as much of a membrane between the two worlds. So as to your point, like the adults in the book are very important characters. They sort of illuminate the the young adults.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I see that. And that, that, that was another thread that you've managed to pull off. (laughs) So wait now. um, So 2012, you started 2015. You looked at it and when and how did you get the skill that you think you needed to create this book I and mean, to make it what it is now? Because if you didn't have it in 2012, what was your process to get to getting it?
0: I don't know if I had it in 2015. I don't know if I have it in 2018. <laughs> um, but-
2: no, you definitely do because you have fan readers with us, but. It's not like there was
1: a one moment.
2: You know? No, no, no. But I, what I mean to say is um, if you look around, I've got, I don't know how many books here, probably three hundred plus, and probably a third of them are just how to. I mean, so people go through different you know processes to learn how to be a better storyteller, and I find that that that's interesting sometimes. You know, how do we evolve as writers? How do we develop the skills? And that's what I was curious about. Like, if you did anything to get yourself to a level where you felt comfortable as a writer, because you've definitely reached it, whether you want to admit it or or
1: not, you've. You're, you're a great writer. I mean, we, we really enjoy your work.
0: That's really nice of you to say. Um, that,
1: that is absolutely true, though. I wouldn't um, hesitate to say that you are an extremely skillful writer, and I am comparing you to published professional writers. So I just want the audience to know that. No lie.
0: The audience <laughs> should also know that I'm, <laughs> I'm turning very red. <laughs>
1: So rather than a magic that's strawberry. That's true. I think that your stuff
0: is really great. I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Um,
2: so what's the secret? That's what we want to know. Are there any secrets? Probably, let's see. There's never.
0: I, th- I think my, um, my my process, my, you know, I, I I don't really ever feel very confident in my work, but I feel like my I, I definitely have learned a lot over the course of writing, try to write this book and I think my process resembles the cartoon character who's like ready to build a house and um, maybe it's like Goofy or something and Goofy takes the nail and takes the hammer <laughs> oh, really? swings the hammer and he hits his thumb and then he swings the hammer and then he hits the oh. index finger and then he goes through oh, and hits every cool. single one of his fingers and he doesn't, he's not able to hit the, the nail until he hits all five of the fingers so I, I feel like that's sort of, I like it. Yeah.
1: Just right.
0: Yeah. I have to find all, all the, all the <laughs> wrong ways to do something before I settle on the right way.
2: That sounds great. Okay. <laughs> well, um, so then just to wrap up on that particular story, you are pitching it now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that's, that process is going for you? And.
0: Yeah, you I definitely, um, definitely hit some, some fingers already here too. Um, <laughs> yeah it's so yeah so i'll just i guess i'll just describe it for listeners who might not know how uh the process of pitching an agent works um you have to do a lot of research um a lot of stuff uh for better for worse nowadays uh is in social media spaces so you can hear about what various agents are looking for. I think particularly YA agents because they tend to be more tacked into the Twitter. The younger audience. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and so you can kind of get a feel for what people are looking for and you can hopefully pitch them um, uh, your project if you think it's similar. And, and you, typically what that looks like is a uh, letter with a brief synopsis uh, a few comparable titles, and um, a brief bio. Those are like the basic components. And then most agents ask to see like 10 pages or something, or the first chapter. And based on that, um, maybe between four to eight weeks, you might hear back from them, and they might want to see more. Normally, it's not the case. And uh, you keep a I keep an Excel sheet that I'm just sort of going through and trying to keep as many, uh, as many balls in the air as, right. as possible.
2: Okay. So, um, what is your, so, so your vision is a traditional publisher. Um, that, that sounds like what you want.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a funny thing. Cause I, I would like to, I, I don't, uh, feel like I want or need to make money off this book that I've written Um, but I would like to have some sort of career at some point revolving around writing. And I feel like there's a clear path to that, doing a more traditional Mm -hmm. publishing route.
2: Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Great. Any other questions, Diane? Sir,
1: are you thinking only of sort of this genre? Are you thinking of maybe, uh, nonfiction at some point or other kinds of writing?
0: Yeah, I, I would. I would love to be able to drift from genre to genre. I, I love nonfiction writing as well. I think it's a whole different ball game. I've recently tried and, and failed uh, to write a, a nonfiction piece. But <laughs> Did you hurt a ha- finger? <laughs> yeah, I, I hurt more than a finger. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, love, I'd love to write in, in different genres. Yeah. Great. I think
1: that's awesome. Do you have any um, sort of gods or, or, you know, writers that you were inspired by and, you know, that you think you'd like to, uh, follow their career path?
0: Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, there, <laughs> there's so many writers. Uh, I, I really like the idea of like the, the high, the pie in the sky dream would be to, uh, to write and teach. Cause I love to teach and, and work with, uh young adults and I also love uh love writing so uh anyone who's a a career writer who also holds the teaching positions right yeah
1: at university level graduate school level high school what what kind of thinking
0: anything I'll set up a a lemonade stand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that from another like Snoopy? Like a,
2: like a comic strip? You know, a stand. Um, okay, so that's the next. Yeah, that's definitely the next strip after the hammered. You know, deal. There's a lemonade stand, for sure. Um, all right.
1: So well, you did so. study um, with um you you had teachers right you I did were yeah. writers. I think I remember something about that
0: yes I I was fortunate to take uh classes from from Jonathan Lethem in California and oh, wow. he's a he's known as a a New York fiction writer uh Motherless Brooklyn that's right that's right very uh, nice, yeah do you like you like his writing oh, I mean yeah, it's one of your much. favorites yeah. yeah yeah well how
2: would you describe his writing
0: oh it's a good question um his writing is in one sense, like fiction, his, his novels are fiction in a very like classical literary form, but in another sense, they draw on, um, very disparate genres like, um, uh, comic book lore as well. And, um, a lot of more like pulpy science fiction and, and noir genres, so
1: oh that's interesting
0: yeah he's uh he's very talented what was the
1: th- chronic chronic
2: city
0: chronic city yeah, chronic yeah City. oh
2: you're good yeah, i have yeah. to i haven't read him i i really should and you, you certainly just sold me on him um and when you say noir is noir still considered a genre today or is it just a mm-hmm. classical genre you think because it's interesting you brought it up and it always makes me think of like a, a. it makes me think of film for one
0: yeah and
2: then it makes me think of like a Uh, an older classical type of writing that I don't see as often. Or maybe I just don't look for it and don't see it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there are people churning out a bunch of like hard boiled detective (sighs) stories. I'm sure there, I'm sure there are is everyone's doing,
1: there's gotta be, I don't know personally, but uh, that was never my,
2: that was never your thing. Mm. Yeah.
1: There are just people who Um. are, comic book people from the jump, you know, and um, I think that it's hard to sort of cross genres once you're once you're confirmed in what you like to read. So... Uh, You think... think it? Oh, you mean as a reader?
2: As a reader, you think it's hard to cross genres? Maybe. Maybe. I, I thought for a moment you meant as a writer, but no, as a reader, I think maybe you're right. Maybe people just decide what they like. And I haven't read it, but I'm intrigued by it. And that's why I don't know.
1: I feel about everything as a reader or a writer. I kind of feel like, see, this may just be my own limitations, but I kind of feel from my perspective like it's hard to um, to do uh, vastly different styles. You know, like like to be a uh, uh, a nonfiction writer and a fiction writer. To me, that's that's pretty. Like, can you think of some people who do that? Oh, actually, I think a
2: lot of them do. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right that it's not easy, but I, I do think a lot of people can straddle both and or more. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting point. Okay, so let's move on to the short story again. Um, I it's it's what I find fascinating is I didn't realize that the book that you've been workshopping was a short story. But let, let's talk about the short story now, as is in would you say 10,000 words still validates or qualifies for a short story or is it sh- shorter than that?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: You think even at 10,000 words. So, um, let's talk about short stories and what you're working on and, and why you're motivated to go back to the short. Is it cause you're tired from that novel? 90,000 <laughs> words tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's partly it. I, I am excited at the prospect of taking, um, different tries, doing different things, experimenting with different types of characters and situations and um uh forms. I think uh the reason why I was more try like I feel like I wrote I tried to write a novel much earlier than I maybe should have. The usual tack I think is writing a lot more shorter stuff and getting one's bearings there. Um and I think I was more attracted to novels. So I feel like short stories or short fiction, they're really written for writers to read, uh, because there's so much about the form of a short story. There's so many more like formal concerns than for novels, which I feel like tend end up being a little bit more accessible, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to experiment and kind of get my hands dirty and see, um, what I might want to do next in a longer project.
1: That's interesting. And I feel like somebody else was telling us that earlier, that it's actually harder to write a short story than to write a novel.
2: Right. Right. And that's when I was saying it's, it's like film school. Same thing. You write a short film. It's very difficult to do well. Um, it's just much harder because you have to still satisfy an audience with much less content. And so you have to be really like mm. careful about every choice you make. So not easy at all. Um, Tell us about then your, how how do you get your ideas for short stories? Like what inspires you? Because when you say you want to explore characters and the like, is it that you're a character driven writer or is it that you are looking for a seed all the time and then just decide, I'm going to start with this seed and make it short just to see if anything comes of it. Is that kind of like your process?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm still figuring out what, the ingredients for a good story are I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I give up on a lot of things. Oh, do you? Uh, huh. And sometimes I come back to them. Sometimes I don't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawn, I'm drawn to characters and I'm also drawn to character dynamics. So maybe, there are two characters in the story that I feel like that's, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm also drawn to sort of uh, political realities too. I think those are sort of the, it's sort of hard to write a story about a, a specific issue um, without it coming out flat, but that's, those are the things that really I feel like motivate me.
2: And how do you decide when you are not like when you're gonna abandon or put it aside and when you put it aside, where do you put it? Do you have like this little <laughs> do you have a drawer I'm just curious I, I don't mean to be nosy, but I find it fascinating that you're cranking it out and you're like, well, this is not good enough <laughs> what's that like
0: um, Well, usually I'll know because I've banged my head against the keyboard <laughs> about half a dozen times <laughs> uh, okay no, i have got a, I've got a folder of. You have a real folder, um, or i say no, a digital, it's a digital folder. folder. Just checking.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. So, are you really disciplined? Do you uh, do a certain amount of uh, writing every day, or do you have any? You said actually that you were more of a pantser than a plotter, so maybe you don't have a lot of discipline. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah i i ri- I write every every day, pretty much. Uh,
2: yeah, you have discipline. Oh, yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. Sometimes some days are more productive than others, but.
2: Okay. So then, um, what are you working on now that you can share with us without ruining the, uh, the ending for the listeners, anything that's got your attention that you feel like really strongly about, or are you still just playing for a while?
0: Yeah. I'm, I, uh, you guys have read the short story set in a processing plant. Um I'm,
2: I'm yes. trying
0: to... Um,
2: can you say what, what kind of processing plant it is? It
0: is a poultry processing plant. And, uh, so,
2: and so, can I say, can yeah. I share this? So, yesterday, Diane, after you'd left our meeting, yeah. <laughs> Cal and I were still at our meeting place and... Yeah you can watch them cook. I'm not going to say where it is, but you can watch them cook. And they were cooking. They were preparing the chicken. All the chicken legs were like on this huge tray. And Cal and I looked at each other and we said, Max, Max's story. Um, So anyway, all I'm saying to you listeners is eventually I would imagine that this will be published and uh, we'll have an image that we took and that I saved that would go well with this story but i just wanted to say that because um, just to to give credit to your writing um, it stays with you it really stays oh, with you that
1: story was like a sledgehammer
2: i like we can't we can't reveal too much but it was no, it's definitely mean, good
1: that's all i'm going to say with but yep. for impact right that i think sledgehammer right is right an apt comparison
2: right and the other story that you wrote which I don't remember the title of but the I think it was a couple of days after and I was at Starbucks it was morning and there was this other and I and I texted you right Max and there was this this you know person sitting not far from me and he was on his cell phone and he was like yeah Alice in Wonderland was definitely a drug addict. (laughs) And so that was the line. And that line made me think of Max's writing. But this was good. This was a good thing. Max's writing is
1: awesome. Max's writing is sort of this combination of these kind of flights of fantasy that are highly fantastical. But you know, they're not sloppy or well you know, they're really tight. And mm-hmm. it's not you're 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 fooled if you think that it's just a flight of fantasy. There's a reason. <laughs> it is really not just um uh recklessness or, or, or right. not well thought out. Right. So I'm sorry to interject with all of that, but I really
2: just wanted to to make the point that that with a short story you can Impact or affect readers in such a way that you, it stays with them. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that. But okay, so let's continue with the short story. So, you are working on that one, which we know about, and anything else that's a short right now, or just you want to wrap that one up?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning that up. I think uh, I've got a, a few ideas of uh, a few ideas that I'm going to mess up next and. We'll see yeah. yeah
1: i like the optimism yeah. so great so one of the things that we have as a theme is brooklyn brooklyn writers project do you find that brooklyn is a particularly fertile place for your writer imagination or was that just a coincidence
0: the coincidence that i ended up living in brooklyn yeah um part, partly coincident i mean you know it's no secret that uh Publishing is largely based in New York. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think people can. I think people can write good stuff anywhere. Um, I personally am interested in all the different types that end up in a city like New York. I love that, uh, as opposed to a city like Los Angeles, where people are hidden from each other in different neighborhoods that are spanned by freeways in New York. People are more or less on top of each other, uh, all the time. And that makes for some amazing encounters. And yeah,
2: absolutely. I was just, just a, a day ago. I'm like a block from here and there's middle of the day and there's this, these cars are like, you know, not going anywhere. And this guy's like, lady, move your car. And this other woman gets out of her car and says, a lot of words that I don't want to repeat right now. <laughs> but it was basically move your something, something car, something, something you. <laughs> it was not pleasant. But that's, yeah, that is New York and Brooklyn in particular. Yeah, depending
0: on the season, you can see people being awful to each other. <laughs> uh, or, you know, if you catch uh, a nice day after a span of not so nice days, people are really nice to each other. And yeah. that's kind of an uplifting thing, too.
2: Either way, we've got we've got plenty to to inspire our storylines. All right, so anything and else And you're you from
1: to? California, right?
0: I'm from California.
1: No. Were you born in California?
0: Yeah, I was born in Southern California wow. and I grew up in Northern
2: California. Do you miss California at all?
0: Uh yeah, yeah, sometimes. Huh. Definitely during the winter. Oh, yeah.
2: Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spent enough time on the West Coast. So I'd like ever,
1: to. Did you ever think about scriptwriting? writing?
0: Ooh. And everybody,
1: everybody
2: who lives in California is writing
1: a script, isn't that the the, write, the rumor? <laughs> either TV or Hollywood. I mean, just being in a writers' room. Yeah. Any of
0: that? Um, no? I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch. I I like there like, like there's so much good TV on now. Um, I don't I don't watch a lot of it just because I don't really have a ton of time. But um, yeah, it's totally different. There's, it's so much more collaborative uh, process, which in a way seems appealing and in a way. What know, do you
2: mean filmmaking more collaborative uh, or? Yeah,
0: fil- filmmaking or like uh-huh. TV, TV writing, yeah. it all happens in these, like these big rooms and it's sure. so intensely collaborative and it's so intensely yeah. plotted. Um,
1: right. As opposed to being a writer of short stories and novels where you are sitting there at the desk by yourself and everything comes from the one
2: well, solitary. everything, well, I think everything begins from the one and now depending on how you do, do the publishing, right, you can, um, you will eventually engage with others. So there's that, but Have not, not the same for way
1: an editor or for somebody to do editing or was that just, you didn't feel that was necessary until maybe later
0: on, uh, like, a. yeah yeah. Well, just because we were
1: saying collaborative things occur with the written word as well it it seems to me like editing is one of those things that 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 helps make it less of a lonely endeavor and um i i just wondered did you ever seek out anybody to sort of edit you any of your stuff or are you postponing that and thinking well you know once i get involved in publishing that'll that'll happen then
0: yeah i haven't i hadn't really thought about that um um definitely open to having a, an intensive reader because uh, it you get inside your your mind too much about something and you miss the forest for the trees.
2: Yeah, and that's the beginning of, of expanding. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you because I know the film world a little bit. There's a lot of collaboration in the film storyline and building that out. But I, I've been learning anyway from running the press that you... Or I now don't work alone. I have to work with about six people on average to get a book done. And um, and I like it. It's kind of cool <laughs> to get past the, uh, the lonely creative period and get into this phase of it. So eventually.
1: Yeah, I feel like there out. are times where you really have to be alone. Like before I'm going to write something new, um, I isolate myself and I have to sort of get you know, sink deeper and deeper and deeper into loneliness and solitariness in order to bring forth these ideas. But then um, that's not true when, you know, something is basically out and I'm just shaping it or I'm just editing it. And I at times feel like uh, being in a writer's room and collaborating would just be so much nicer than putting myself through this. I don't know if you feel like anything like that.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm a pretty like I I enjoy enjoy my alone time. But I think, you know, if I were to think back to the times when I felt like the like I'd gotten so deep into the book and it didn't all hang together and I didn't see a way forward. Like having a team at that point would be, sure. would be great. Like- that, that
2: might be a good new model to try, right? It would be like have these writer sessions when you're in that stuck period or that session, that, that part of your book where you can't get past yeah. it. That'd we, be kind of fun.
1: We, we do that, not intentionally though, but right. I'll not do that sure. At, at, sure. at one of our regular meetings. I'll bring in something that I just right. don't know what to do with.
2: All right, so now we're going to give you a chance to be teacher Max because we like to ask people at the end of the uh interview if you were at a writing conference in a room full of first-time writers who want to approach either storytelling, short storytelling or young adult in this case, what would you say to them? What are some uh you know, words of wisdom, motivations, tips, anything to get them kind of
1: going and and don't say run, save yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, no. Uh,
0: I, I would say read what you like and write every day.
2: Oh, well, okay, give me more.
0: I okay. think, read, well, I'll, I'll, write you know, every I'll explain every day. All right, uh, come on. So come on. I think uh, if you are reading what you like and continue to be uh, explorational in reading, then you will automatically... See yourself kind of reflected back to you in different ways, in um, in different voices, in different forms. So I think reading what you like is an important way to kind of th- send out send out feelers into the literary universe to see <laughs> That's where you might want to go next.
2: You see, I like the elaboration; very interesting. <laughs> no one has ever said that, and I like it because I think that can be true. All right, and what the other thing about writing every day? I, not that I don't like it, because I, I think it's fine. Although many people listening might not like that advice. They might be like, oh, we're sick of hearing that, because some people <laughs> can't do it, right? Like totally. Stephen King could do it, because somebody's feeding him. He's a wonderful man. He's very talented. But, you know, he can go into his hole in the wall and do what he does and make the magic. Um, but not all of us can have that luxury. What if
1: somebody has two jobs and six kids and so forth, right? Is that yeah. What you mean?
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe... Um, how about write every day, even if it's five minutes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just messing with you, but
0: no, I agree with that. I, I think um, I I found uh, I found daily writing to be important for me personally, just because um, it's so much easier to write when it doesn't have to be a decision that I make. When it's something oh, that,
2: that's good that yeah.
0: I that I have to that I would have to decide not to do, as opposed to decide. To yeah, to do yeah, I think that's um, a great point. How long have
2: you been writing every
0: day? All of these, I miss, I miss days, but uh, like, I don't, I don't know actually. Um,
2: because it's a habit, so yeah. you just do it. But how? When do you know to stop? Or I mean, is there also a fully developed habit? Like, it's for five minutes? Is it for half an hour, one hour, ten pages?
0: I don't have like a word count or like a, a minute count. Like, uh, sometimes I have to go to work, so I stop. <laughs> um, sometimes I get, like, ravenously hungry, and I eat, and by the time I'm done eating, then it's time to go to work, so I stop. <laughs>
2: okay, so now you've told us why you stop. Now tell us how you start, because people have trouble starting. I think stopping, if you have trouble stopping, that's a good thing to have. But if you have trouble starting, most people do. What's what's the trick there?
0: Um, I think having a routine is helpful. So I wake up and eat, I put on some coffee and I, uh, let, after I make the coffee, I usually like meditate for a little bit. And then after I'm done meditating, I pour the coffee, I drink the coffee and I write.
2: Nice. So the coffee mm-hmm. is like your trigger.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it.
2: Because the habits have triggers, right? So I think that that makes sense. Well, I like that. Now, the last the last thing we'd like to ask you is we we want our listeners to follow you, your work, learn more about you. Obviously, see when that magic strawberry story. Do you want to tell us the, the title? Or you haven't figured it out yet.
0: Uh, yeah. The uh, the working title is uh, "Growing Pains of DC Decent t- Teenage Culinary Genius."
2: Awesome. Um, and where can readers find out more about you online?
0: I uh, got a got a website. Uh, picked up a, a leaf out of Marina's book there. Uh, <laughs> MaxLionLebo.com. Uh, That's, Lion yeah,
2: M-A-X-L-Y-O-N-L-E-B-O.com. And we'll add it to the show notes. And I'm going to bother you <laughs> about your other skill, the podcast. So even though it may not be as easy to find just yet, listeners know that Max also is working on his own podcast. And at some point in time, he may be revealing it to us. But it is called (laughs) Matt and Max's Infinite Playlist. Anything you'd like to say about the playlist?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, uh, just uh, we pick a pick a topic from week to week. And we collaboratively construct a playlist around that topic. And we are juvenile and irreverent. So oh, fun! If you prefer to listen to the music without our inane commentary, <laughs> uh, the playlists are also on Spotify.
2: Awesome! Thank you very much. Well, Max, it was really fun talking to you today, and uh, we will keep you that's keep everyone great. posted. Yeah,
1: that's great. And do you have a, a link on your um, website to your short story that was?
0: I do. Yeah link is on the website.
2: Okay. Okay. Great. Well, thank you again, Max. Thanks
0: for having me. Great speaking with you guys.
1: That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you like today's episode, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep bringing you great content. For show notes,
2: upcoming events, and to participate in the Brooklyn Writers Project community, head on over to our
1: website at www.brooklynwritersproject.com. Questions or comments? Send them to contact at lifelinespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Lifelines, the books podcast has been brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. Music for this podcast has been provided by Anthony Nuda of Noble Sense Productions.